Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Quantum Shit Show. Mm-hmm. We are your hosts, Jody Bo and Danny. What's up? Hello. And we're back again with just some more chit chat. <laughs> <laughs> Every week we show up to record, and it's it's like, so what's the topic this week? <laughs> and there's you know countless different ways that we feel into what wants to be spoken about or what each of us has going on personally. And every time we end up in this space that is like a 30 minute conversation happening of just like good stuff that we're like, you know what, we should be recording this. (laughs) (laughs) And then we start recording and bring the intro and pick up where we left off. Mm -hmm. So just a little bit of um, the audio B rolls. So you guys have a little background behind the scenes of our process and how we bring forward what we bring forward this week's topic. That had a question mark on it. (laughs) This week's topic. (laughs) Um, We're having a conversation about how many of us, maybe all of us are looking for the thing whenever it comes to healing. And this is a common theme in our conversations because we're all three on a healing journey of our own. Mm -hmm. We've been in a journey of spiritual growth and progress and self-discovery, but also, uh, you know, a journey of addressing some of the things that are keeping us feeling disconnected and blocked and stuck and stagnant and in pain and discomfort and separate Mm -hmm. from true connection. Mm -hmm. And that would be what I would describe as the healing journey in a nutshell. You know, how to dissolve those things, how to heal them, bring them into real wholeness, true wholeness, which is defined in so many different ways. And I think that's why it can feel so confusing because what wholeness feels like to any individual on any given day (laughs) changes because it's a growth and expansion and a a deepening of that sense of wholeness and connection. And so we have a lot of opinions on this show. We have a lot of insight from our own experience into countless different modalities and uh, modalities that we've tried ideas that we've walked with and uh, countless experiences and stories of how these modalities have impacted us, how they've affected us and the intention that we went into when seeking the healing and then using so many different things from meditation and breathing practices to new technologies that are available to group work, to one-on-one work, um, plant medicine, herbal medicines, tinctures, sound healings, the list goes on and on and on and on, crystal therapies and Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and then a mixture of any of <laughs> anything in between <laughs> biofeedback machines. And mm-hmm. I can't say that all of the things on the list that I just listed, I've actually personally tried. Um, but in some, some form or fashion brushed up against at some point or had a, an indirect experience, you know, somebody close to me that I knew or, or either one of you two, Jody or Danica, who have directly had an experience with these devices or machines or herbs or funguses or <laughs> conversations or gurus. And, you know, our conversation really just <clears throat> was going down a path of considering so many of the different things that are relevant right now that the collective culture, healing culture is considering to be relevant. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's tech, technology-based, um, plant-based medicines. And that's really kind of the area that we were in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's bringing up so many things in my my memory, my memory bank of like my own experience around um, – I'm going to use air quotes, my healing journey, (laughs) which I think is so funny because it's just been a journey of confusion and trying to find the thing that was the thing that was going to solve all of my perceived problems. And I'm not, I'm not discounting any of those experiences because I certainly learned many things through them, but it was always for the purpose of like, I said this before we started recording. It was like, is this the thing that's going to be the thing? Is this going to be the magic pill? Is this going to be the wand that gets waved and it's going to change all of this stuff? And, you know, the truth was that where I was in my life, I was literally um, surrounded by all kinds of circumstances, conditions, and people. And then also dealing with my own self. And I wasn't in a space where I could actually heal anything. You know, I could do things, but I wasn't even able to support the action I was taking because of where I was in my life, you know? And I think that's, I think that's the biggest thing. It's like, there's, there's this pursuit of healing. And then there's all these other places in our life where we're out of alignment. And we think that that modality or that solution is going to be the end all be all and that's it. And we're going to, we're going to finally get to the other side of whatever ails us. And I don't know it, when I look back on all the things that I've went, I I went through and I'm happy to share those here in this conversation because it's hysterical. Um, Actually, I talked to Shannon not long ago, Shannon Morton, uh, who's been a guest on the show before. Um, And we were joking around because she's like, have you ever tried blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, have you ever heard of blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, yeah. And we started rattling off (laughs) these books we've read, these modalities we've tried. And we were hysterical with each other laughing at like, oh my God, you did that. I did that too. Oh, you did that. I did that too. And I can tell stories about all of the little things that I read about and then attempted in my life to try to fix it all, you know? And, um, there were truths hidden in what I tried, but I mean, for me, it ultimately came down to me healing my relationship with God for real, for real. Mm -hmm. And that was what set me on a path where there was so much more clarity. And then it started like bringing in 
the pieces of truth from all of those other things and helping me contextualize them and know how to properly use those things, mm-hmm. which makes the difference. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say is that um, when we make a modality or <clears throat> anything external, our anchor point, that mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't create the ecosystem of healing the same way that it does whenever we make God the foundation or God the anchor point and begin to heal that relationship with God and with ourselves. And then just like you said, everything else starts to kind of like readjust around you accordingly. And then you have more context and then you can kind of like take the little pieces of truth out of all these little things and build an ecosystem for healing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's so important that before we dive off into the next gadget, the next protocol, the next modality, we have to understand ourselves first. And it's a lack of understanding who we are, what we are at a biological level that keeps us spinning in the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. Maybe this is the answer. Oh, maybe this is the thing. Oh, maybe, no, it's not that, it was this. And it's because we don't even know (coughs) what it actually is to be a human being. You know, we took biology in high school and left it there and was like, yeah, I understand. I have a heart and a liver and a spleen. And it's like, yeah, but do you understand what you're made of? I know, you know? Right? Everybody remembers that the <clears throat> mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell, but to what depth do we really understand that? Yeah. And then the other thing that comes in, Bo and I were having a conversation about this recently. I even made a post about it back in 2020. Um, when I kept seeing so much happening on social media and I was like, my God, it is so like programmed into us to build golden calves out of every new thing that comes up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, let me build an idol of this and that doesn't work anymore. Okay. Let's, let's crumble that. And the, here let's melt all our gold together and let's build a new idol to worship. It's called this. And now it's this idol and now it's this idol. And it's just like, it's exhausting. And it makes us look foolish AF. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, that's what you're putting up on your pedestal now? Shit, unless people are buying it hand hand over fist. But the thing is, is that unless it's like, (laughs) what are we going to keep saying the same thing? Unless it's rooted in a foundation of truth, in the relationship with God for real, for real, it won't last anyway. It'll just be another fad, mm-hmm. you know? And right. the the problem with it is that there are these truths tucked away in these practices, but the whole truth is not being gathered together and shared in that mm-hmm. space. And so all we can do is move through the next genius idea, move through the next, you know, inspired, whatever, whatever. And then later on go, well, that didn't work. You know, it wasn't the whole solution. It wasn't everything. And it's like, let's just keep it simple. Mm-hmm. I know. How many, how many times have you heard? <laughs> I know I've heard this a lot, but how many times have you heard somebody talking about something that they were passionate about? And then you hear the mm-hmm. words come out of their mouth that they say, this is all you need. <laughs> if you can just do this, it will solve all of your problems. I mean, I've heard this with breathing techniques. I've heard this with crystal therapies. I've heard this with plant <laughs> medicines. I've heard this with church. You know, it's so true. So yeah. many different ideas and modalities that 
really do work for people. Like we, like I said, you know, at whatever level of wholeness they can really perceive, it's like they hit that thing and it's like the God pocket as we call it. And they feel the rest, the ease, the relaxation, they see the results. And, um, sometimes as we've known from some of the nutritional stuff and nervous system work is as soon as you get results, you may experience symptoms not long after Mm -hmm. because you get results and then your body may say, Oh, you're finally going to listen. Here's all the rest of the things that I have going on. (laughs) So you get results and then you get more symptoms and then you feel like, Oh my God, it didn't work. What's next? Uh, But you know, month to month, you're passionate about a different thing. You know, that's really been a lot of what I have felt is with the consistency thing, the idea of consistency. Um, We hear so many people in their zone of interest or uh, profession, like Mm -hmm. their expertise. And they're the ones who are saying, I've healed this, I've healed this, I've, you know, accomplished all these different things using exhibit A. Mm -hmm. And we latch on to, oh, what are they pointing at? Exhibit A. Okay, now let's learn everything we can about Exhibit A for the next 30 days and do this, you know, go all in on Exhibit A for the next 30 days. And if nothing happens, then we're super disappointed and we're super depressed. But then, you know, something might happen on day like 10, day 15, and you're like, oh my God, they were right. This is going to solve it all. This is going to do it. And then the 30 days pass, you may experience, you know, something, but eventually that lingering like void. Mm -hmm. It's just lingering there. And you're like, see, I thought it was actually going to touch that thing. This exhibit a solution. I thought it was actually going to touch that thing in me, but it hasn't yet. And so by that time, the world has already locked and loaded exhibit B for you. (laughs) This is, this is bringing something up for me right now, because we talked about this in one of our classes in the Christ of priesthood. And of course, most people are familiar with the Old Testament to the extent that even if you've only watched like Charlton Heston with the Ten Commandments, I mean, you at least are vaguely familiar with the story of Moses. And in the story of Moses in the Old Testament, um, as they he had led them out of slavery, out of Egypt, and they're in the wilderness, and they're complaining, and they're tired, and they, when is it, when are we going to get there? Why are we being dragged around? And we're just cycling and doing all this, spinning around in circles. And um, Moses talks to God in the story, but God is wanting to interact and interface with the people. And so Moses is like explaining to them, like, Hey, you have access. You want to know what God is doing. You want to know where God is leading us. You want to know what God has for us. God wants to talk to you. And the people said, no, 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 no. We don't want to talk to God. You go talk to God for us. Mm -hmm. You come tell us whatever God says and we'll listen to you. Yeah. And here is where the rest of civilization falters because now we're living in a day and age where it's, you know, we're in the information age. We can access information, da, 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 da. And it's like, we are still living in a time where everybody's like, no, 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 you go, you go get the information and I'll pay you and you come tell me. Mm-hmm. Spiritual passivity. And it's, it's so lazy mm-hmm. and it's so void of the truth because we are meant to have real relationship with God one-on-one in our own life, know God for ourselves, know the truth for ourselves. God is not 
withholding anything. Mm -hmm. It's us who hold ourselves back from the responsibility of relationship. Mm -hmm. We don't want to hold that responsibility. Let somebody else hold it and we'll pay them to get answers from them. And it's a mixed cup because I'm very grateful for the people who've been willing to anchor a relationship with God and say freely what the truth is and be a faith builder, be an encourager, be someone that guides others, Mm -hmm. you know, not taking on their healing and not saying I'm your answer, but just being able to point them to the answer. I'm very Mm -hmm. thankful for that. I think that's valuable in a world where people are abdicating their roles left and right. They are not wanting to be in charge of their life at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I just can't help but think how um, hypocritical it is that the same people that will go pay someone else to have their own relationship with whatever they think the truth is will bitch and moan about someone being like, you you just got to come back into relationship with God. And then they'll gripe about religion and dogma and what God is. And you're just being religious. And it's like, but you'll go pay somebody to read your palm. So where are they getting their information? Do you know what I mean? They think that it's like boring or something or they're disenchanted with it. It's really bizarre. Well, there's there's also this misconception that it's like if you come into a relationship with God, you will also know everything and you'll have the answers to everything. You know, because I think a lot of people also kind of pitch relationship with God as that too. Is like, well, if you come into a relationship with God, then you're omniscient, you're omnipotent, you're all-knowing, all-seeing, all-powerful, you know all the things and you can do everything and then you don't need help from anybody. And I think that that's also, mm-hmm. you know, obviously on the other end of the spectrum because it's right. like we come into a relationship with God and then we we do access a lot of wisdom through our mm-hmm. bodies, through our biology and then you know, wisdom of the ages through relationship with God. And usually it's pertinent to what we're here to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. we go out into the world and we create these relationships with other people that have a different expertise than us and we get to share information. This is exactly what you posted about today too, is becoming shareable, yeah. you yeah. know? So it's like building relationships with God and within us and then building relationships in our communities and out in the world, becoming shareable, sharing information, you know? So there's, that's another thing that I get aggravated with people when, when they're like, just come into a relationship with God and then you won't need anybody else. You don't need to have relationships or you don't need anybody to, to guide you into something that you know nothing about because once you have a relationship with God, then you'll be all knowing. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm, that's a good point. It's, but that's the thing. It's the world we live in. This world where people are so addicted to polarity. They are addicted to these extreme ways of being. It's the sensation. It's mm-hmm. it's like those five gum commercials. If you guys, well, I don't know if they aired like worldwide, but if you're interested, check out like a, a five gum commercial. And they used to do this thing about like, this is how it feels to chew five gum. And it's like the, the hypersensory experience of a lifetime. Like you can never mm-hmm. recreate this sensory experience. And <laughs> people are expecting to come into a relationship with God and be in a five gum commercial. Mm-hmm. So if, if you don't know the reference, go check it out. <laughs> I, I recommend, but so you see the reference, but it's, it's like whenever they feel the time that it takes and the discipline that it takes to come into relationship with law and the principle, whenever you understand the principle, you start to understand things. It, in massive groups, like massive compartments of life Mm -hmm. are fully understood at deeper levels. Whenever you can look at the principle that's governing it, Mm 
And people don't, they get jaded about the discipline that it takes to be taught those principles by God, by their own anatomy and by the world around them because of the discipline that we've been taught to have whenever it comes to being a part of the matrix, being a cog in the wheel, as Danica says. Well, it doesn't take any discipline to be a cog in the matrix, a cog in the wheel or a part of the matrix because mm-hmm. you vacate your body, you abdicate your role as commander in chief of your physical vessel, and you let your consciousness be siphoned and used in a matrix of mind that pulls you here, there, and everywhere. So it doesn't require anything of you. You live your life on autopilot. Mm-hmm. Being in relationship with God puts you back in the seat of control over your own physical vessel. That's yes, true. That's the validity of embodiment practice. Mm-hmm. That's why I said the other day, is like, it's not a buzzword. It isn't mm-hmm. a cool practice to have. It's like, if right. you understand embodiment, you understand the power of it to change the world around yeah, you. It's like right? the end of victimhood. I will yeah. say, though, that what Bo said, it, it does take a certain amount of discipline to learn how to become a cog in the machine, and they do it when you're kids. They do it to you mm. when you're kids. They discipline you to learn how to be a slave, how to, like you said, mm-hmm. Jody, abdicate your role as you know the commander-in-chief of your own vessel. They teach you how to become disembodied. They train you and discipline you in that way when you're a child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that, I think both those two things merged. It's like we learn that discipline leads to feeling out of body. We learn that discipline leads to feeling overworked, overexhausted, and totally depleted right. in our body. Well, we also learn that discipline means punishment. Right. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I'm saying. And discipline has children, nothing to do with it. Yeah, because when we're children, we think of you know being disciplined you know, corporal punishment, things like that. Or we, we get disciplined whenever we're trying to play and we're not sitting still in our seats and stuff like that. But really discipline really just comes, I think the root word is disciple. Mm. (laughs) It's internal. Discipline is 100% internal. No one can discipline you into anything. You have to Mm. discipline yourself and access discipline within you to become a disciple or right. a disciplined person. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it's just all this little nuance and, and mm-hmm. you know, and people well, don't like thing. that shit. They don't like the nuance. They don't like the subtlety and, or, and slash, or they can't detect it. Right. Because we are conditioned to be obsessed with the polarity and the sensations that are in, that arise in the body, the chemical responses that happen in the body when we experience the polarity. So mm-hmm. people have a hard time existing in the nuance or in the, in the area in between the gray area, right? It's the moderate area. Right. Jesus is the one <laughs> who the... said, let your moderation be known. Yeah. It's, that was his practice. It's interesting because, and I think we may have said this on another podcast too, but I've I've been saying it recently ever since I saw it written in a, on a recipe for etouffee. <laughs> we were making crawfish etouffee and I got a recipe from a, a family member and mm-hmm. it was there was a quote at the top and I don't remember who it was by but the gist of the quote was that freedom is not found through the end of limitation. Right? Freedom is not found through the breaking down of all your boundaries. It's, you know, find discipline and you will have your freedom. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of where we're talking about is like people don't realize that. I mean, this is what the new age did and they did it. It's genius. And it was a beautiful execution. Uh, if I do say so objectively, 
of what the new age has done to people who are feeling oppressed, who are feeling punished. It's offered them the dissolution of the limitation and the order, the structure and the order that was depicted as this oppressive religious trauma. Mm-hmm. And whether you practice religion or not, if you exist as a human on this planet, unless you're in some sort of isolated tribal society, you're going to be influenced by religious traumatization. And the New Age offered a way out of that through this. I think we talked about this in the very first episode of this season. This is like false liberation. It's like mm-hmm. no more boundaries, no more limits. You're free to do whatever you want. We even said in that first episode, you don't even have to wear clothes anymore. <laughs> you know? <laughs> joking around, but that caused massive chaos and perpetual Mm -hmm. fracturing in Mm -hmm. the psyche of people. And now they don't know which end is up. And this is what leads them to the next best thing, the next best thing, Mm -hmm. the next best thing is, but at the same time, it's like no limits. And really this conversation, what I'm hearing is that, you know, (laughs) (laughs) discipline is one of those things that whenever we actually build a a healthy relationship with discipline, we start to experience the freedoms that the mystics have spoken about for Mm -hmm. hundreds of years or generations. And it's not found through this liberation Mm -hmm. from your body. Right. Right. Your freedom is found when you're not in your body anymore. Well, it's like, no, literally having a relationship with your body, Mm -hmm. being disciplined to honor your body's needs. And you'll feel how it feels to chew a five gum. (laughs) Well, and religion contributes to this too in the way that in the New Testament over and over and over again, there's conversation around the flesh and its carnal nature versus the spiritual nature of us. Mm -hmm. And and people use that and say the flesh is bad. You know, the flesh is bad. I I even had a conversation with um, someone just a couple days ago and we were talking about the body and the mind and how they're inseparable from each other. And um this is somebody that, you know, they read a lot of spiritual books and things like that, but they said, well, I think the body is just 3D. And I was like, huh, you know, and I know that that's coming from an indoctrination in religion that says the body is less than everything else. And so they kind of shared their point about it. And I said, well, you know, the interesting thing about the body is that even if you remove the consciousness, like the person's consciousness where the spirit leaves the body and the body is quote unquote dead, you know? Science has already found that the body continues to teem with life at a cellular level. Mm-hmm. It decomposes and you can measure that life is still moving and circulating all in the cells mm-hmm. of the body, even when the consciousness is not present. I said, so for me, that leads me to believe that the consciousness of the body on its own is incredibly potent and powerful. And then whenever your consciousness and the soul is literally con cohesively brought back into recognition of itself inside the body. It's like a, a double activator where you can then begin to create with your body Mm -hmm. on purpose. This is where co-creation comes Mm -hmm. into play in my perspective, because there's this powerful consciousness in the body itself. And then the consciousness that we bring to the body that moves the body and tells the body, this is what I'm going to do. And this is how I'm going to do it, you know? And so I think that in that conversation, 
um, based on how we were talking about it. I think there was a little bit more that was brought forward, but I just think there's so much more than you just being able to pigeonhole pieces of yourself and go, well, this is what this is. And this Mm -hmm. is what that is. We're still learning. We're still Mm -hmm. uncovering things. So, you know, at the beginning of this conversation, one of the things, the comments that got made was, um, someone sharing something, which isn't the first time somebody has said something like this, but someone sharing something about no one understands union. No one knows what union really is. Or, you know, we've heard other people say that Mm -hmm. stuff too, but it's like, I think that we as people need to be mindful of how we approach what we want to share in spaces with others, claiming that we're the knowers of the things. God is the knower. Mm -hmm. God is the knower of the thing. And in real relationship with God, the only things that will be spoken in spaces like that are the is the truth that brings people together, not around being at odds, but around being cohesive, you know? And it's like, yeah, there's so much here. I don't know. I, I could just keep on talking, but I think you guys get what I'm saying. There is a lot here. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot here. Keep talking. I'm enjoying listening. <laughs> well, I just think in terms of, what I shared today um, on Instagram has been cycling since we had that session a couple nights ago and Bo was sharing the physics of shareability. And it was like one of those moments where it was, it just, we've had that conversation many times, but Mm -hmm. it just hit me in a specific way. And it was like, you can't even share what isn't shareable. You can't, Mm -hmm. it's not even possible. Mm -hmm. And no one is really grasping this yet. I don't think fully, I know we are not even fully grasping it yet because it's still working in us in terms of our own practice and our own hygiene in our life of going, what is the point of building relationship? What is the point of bonding and and bringing things together? It is to share information for sure, but we can't even share information if it's not shareable, Mm -hmm. which means it has to come from pure principle. It has to come from the truth or whatever you're saying is causing destructive interference in the field. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing is it can't be shared in a harmonic way. Yeah. You know, whatever, whenever we say like something is shareable, <laughs> it's not our term, you know, that we've coined or anything, but it's like to, to say something is shareable. It's talking about it in, in a divine nature, you know, like in the nature of construction and amplification and creation. magnificence. Say it again. What Creation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, creation. You know, yeah. like creative coherence and things can be shared in a destructive way, as we all know. Um, but whenever we're they talking about... They can be about, conveyed in a destructive way, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, it's like um, whenever we're talking about things that are shareable, it's really like talking about the harmonics. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just what Jody was saying, right? That's why you mm-hmm. uh, like re... I guess worded what he said. It can be conveyed yeah. in a, in a destructive way, because if it's conveyed in a, in a destructive way, it's actually not shareable. So you're not really sharing anything at all. No, you're just bringing destruction to the okay. space. Yeah. That's why I was saying that because you said it in the session, you were like, you can only share what's shareable. And I was like, Oh my God, light, light bulb. Hello. <laughs> yes. That's the truth. You know, you can only share what's shareable. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it makes sense because sharing is when, when you think about it, it's something sharing. that sharing is caring, <laughs> but sharing amplifies. Yeah. Sharing, sharing creates, sharing yeah. builds something. Yeah. And we're taught that sharing is going to divide what we have. Mm-hmm. You have this, to, def- yeah. yeah, it's total opposite. It's like children don't really want to share. Sometimes they learn to, of course, 
if they can see the value in it. But, you know, me as a child, it's like whenever you share with your brother, oh, man, I only get half now. So I'm going to give him like mm-hmm. 10%. I'm going to share 10%. Oh, this is interesting because this is where a lot of scarcity yeah. mindset or scarcity uh, frequency has kind of come in and uh, hijacked the magnificence that actually gets built from sharing. Right. Mm. Because when you're really sharing, you are coming from love and pure principle, Mm -hmm. which is ever present, always abundant, always doing its job, Mm -hmm. only knows life. Mm -hmm. So when you're sharing from that place, what you're adding to is life. Mm -hmm. You're adding to life. You're building life. You're creating. There's no deficiency at all. Yeah, this is making me think of the like the principles of quantum physics too, and like how how a quantum particle um, that has like particle and wave characteristics, how it in- interacts and excites a quantum field, and when it sends a ripple out into the quantum field, it effectively changes everything that it comes in contact with, and then when it changes the frequency of other quantum particles because it sends a ripple out, those ripples are absorbed by other quantum particles, then it changes the frequency that they have, and then they send it out. So then mm-hmm. essentially what you say about what you put out comes back to you really is like physically supported by physics and maths. Yeah. And then it's like, this makes so much sense then why Blaine has been doing this thing that he calls, um, um, what does he call it? He calls it something, uh, God, I can't even think of the name right now, but he tips 100% whenever he goes out. Mm-hmm. He goes out to eat or something like that. And he tips 100% of the bill, no matter what. It doesn't matter if he has bad, he gets bad service or whatever. Um, and irrational generosity is what he calls it. Irrational mm-hmm. generosity. He's like, it doesn't make sense. He said, but you do it anyway, because what you put out comes back to you and it's amplified. Mm -hmm. And that month that he did that, the first month that he started doing it, he sold so much in real estate. He, it was his best month ever that he ever sold in real estate. And, um, and I started like applying the quantum principles to it and understanding and like being able to visualize it and everything that you're saying here around becoming shareable, what you're giving out and amplifying it. And not only does it come back to you, but it goes out and builds in magnitude in the quantum field. Right. Which by law enables all of the abundant activity of life within you to manifest in your reality. So it can never take anything away from you. And that is what we are called to do. And that's why even sharing a simple little post like that, it is a seed because there's so much to say here, Mm -hmm. but it is a seed of understanding that we have to mind our hygiene. We have to, because we're either creating destructive fracturing within ourselves by even the words we speak, mm-hmm. or we are building and perpetuating the life that is the mm-hmm. life of God, the light of God yeah. in us and in the world. Well, our words, especially because they are frequency and sound yeah. and, and quantum particles are not necessarily uh, like physical matter, the way that we perceive matter. They are frequency. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why they become matter is because they become observable. So our words, especially create and destroy. And our words specifically rooted in pure principle, because Mm -hmm. there's, there are, um, uh, there's research that's been done. Um, because the question was asked, like if someone, 
does a, let's say a polygraph. Polygraph measures frequency. Bio, um, biofeedback. Biofeedback, right? In the body. And so polygraph isn't even like the highest level of biofeedback you can measure in mm-hmm. terms of like um, sophistication, but it is a way. And so someone said, you know, well, you're able to measure whether someone is telling the truth or not. And the the engineer on the other side was saying, well, what we're looking at is we're looking at how aligned they are with pure principle, because that's what's always going to come through. Even if you're saying words that sound true, but your body is not belief in belief of what you're saying. Your body knows the difference, you know? And so you're never going to fool yourself or other people, essentially, at the end of the day. Like, pure principle will always override whatever is being projected. If it's a lie, it'll be known. Either way, even if the words are true. So, Danica, you were talking about the words and the frequency, and it's very real. And... The frequency has to come from pure principle. Like pure principle is the birther of the frequency, essentially. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so when it's rooted in pure principle, that's what adds, it, it increases, right? So even if you say true words, but you're coming from a place within that's like, um, I mean, any kind of emotion that's other than love, well, you like, know, yeah. like fearful and you're trying to convince yourself or whatever, it's still not carrying the principle yeah. with it. This is a new take on sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and it, it reminds me of that one doctor. I can't remember. I can't remember whose work it was, but it, I think he was Japanese. Um, but he, I mean, his work is famous. He's the one where he did the water and labeled yeah. it and then spoke words of affirmation, prayers yeah. over some of them, and then spoke words of destruction on the others. And then looked at the molecules of water or even like um, froze some of it and saw the structure of the snowflakes and stuff like that. And the ones that had the... Um, the words that were not loving spoken over it were the mm-hmm. ones who were, the structure was all malformed. Obliterated. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We did that. We did that experiment at our house, not with water, but we did it with rice mm-hmm. and had it in two jars. And then, you know, the one jar, we like said loving things to it all like the time. cooked rice? Uh-huh. And then the other jar, we um, like said ugly things to it. And the jar that we said ugly things to literally molded so fast within days it was just all moldy and disgusting the jar with the cooked rice that we kept speaking love to it lasted for like a a month and a half and it was perfect so it was really (laughs) wild to do that's that mcdonald's rice (laughs) (laughs) yeah we did it we did it to test it out it's it's true and it's what i think when people are talking about that you have to you have to believe what you're saying, and or, or some people talk about practicing like feeling it in your body, like mm-hmm. feel what you're saying. What they're what they're actually pointing to is let yourself be open so that the principle that is the truth, the principle of God, starts to move through your physical body, so that when you speak the words, you are speaking creative force into existence that brings harmony, resonance, cohesiveness. Otherwise, you can be very energetically charged and speak words that destroy. You know, the the Bible says the power of life and death is in the tongue. Mm -hmm. And it can do one of those two things. You know, it's either creating or it's completely destroying. This is the destructive and non-destructive wave. Mm -hmm. I thought my chair just broke there for a second. It started, it (laughs) rattled and I was like, oh, (laughs) that's what that sound was. Oh, I thought you just moved it back. I uh, 
want to go back to the polygraph thing because in that conversation, it was really interesting to hear the take on the machine itself, the polygraph machine and how, Mm. babe, like you said, how it's like not the most sophisticated technology that we have to measure all, all kinds of, you know, take all kinds of measurements about what's going on with the body. And one of the questions that the guy asked was like, what if you believe the lie that you're saying? Like, what if you like, quote unquote, wholeheartedly believe <laughs> the BS that's coming out of your mouth? Mm-hmm. As uh, a lot of people do. Yeah. And, and that, that was the thing. That, that's another episode. Yeah. That was the thing that was really addressed was like, you know, the engineer was basically like, in in le- in some in more words than I'm about to use, he said, "You can basically fool the polygraph test, but you can't fool God, because God is the pure principle, and it will always outlast mm-hmm. anything that you put it up against." I mean, at the core of you, after everything else dissolves, your your pure intentions will be made known mm-hmm. always, always, because that's the only thing that's eternal, and throughout time, everything else will fall apart. It's destructive, and so. It's like you can master deception because that's what the polygraph test is going to read. It's going to read your your pulse and how things move and take measurements according to what your body's doing. But if you master your body <laughs> to be able to deceive that test, I believe it can be done. Mm-hmm. And at well, the same it's, time, it's why I, it's not admissible in court. <laughs> right. But yeah, God, I, God can't testify in court either. So. Right. You can deceive the test, but you can't deceive yourself. You can't deceive God. No. And eventually it will ca- catch up with you. Because if you hold anything, if you hold deception or anything other than pure principle in your body for any amount of time, it will make you sick. It will. Your body will collapse under the weight of it because your body's not designed to hold deception. Right. Your body's not designed to hold bad feelings, mm-hmm. fear, anger, lust, all the seven deadly sins, right? Those things are things that interact and interfere with our cohesiveness, our alignment to law that keeps our spiritual hygiene pure. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah, not hard. Your your natural state of being is sacred law. Yep. And when that law is fulfilled, you have experiences like love, mm-hmm. unconditional love. Love isn't even like the first state. You know, the law is because the law holds everything together. The law fulfilled, as we've said, is love, as we've heard. Mm -hmm. And that's why, like, you got to say what you need to say. You know, sharing is caring, but you got to share the unshareable with God because God is the only thing that can make whatever is unshareable shareable again because it's law. It's corrective. It brings things from chaos Mm -hmm. into order and it harmonizes all things that are in their destructive state, mm-hmm. which is why it's so valuable to cultivate that relationship and that connection. That's why we talk about it mm-hmm. so much because going back to the beginning of the conversation, after everything that we've tried, and I won't sit here and say we've tried it all, but alluding to the reference that I made is like, as you start to understand principle, you understand things about life in bulk, like in chunks. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, you know, all there is to know, but you you know, if you've, if you know, you know, if you've been through that, that relationship with law, you understand things in massive chunks, you know, compartments start to fall. The things that held mm-hmm. all these things separate start to 
fall and you realize, mm-hmm. oh my God, this is literally held together all by the same thing. And whenever you can have the relationship with whatever that is, mm-hmm. you know more, you understand more, and it's no longer about things that it's not really mm-hmm. about. And so having that relationship with God and putting all the energy that we put into all these external modalities into the relationship with God, it corrects all of the function mm-hmm. and it corrects the wiring of the house, as we say, it corrects the order of healing and it makes our healing more effective. And we do things from a pure plate, like more aligned mm-hmm. intention, right. which makes it more, much more effective. You experience actual healing. You experience actual wholeness. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, when the mind goes rogue, it tries to figure everything out and find an answer for everything. Mm-hmm. And that's what leads us to all of these practice this, practice that, take on this, do what- this, do that. It's the compartmentalizing, but it's like, just like you said, Bo, when you come into a relationship with God, some of those compartments start to fall and you, and you have more context and you can see things and, and understand them in larger chunks. And yet those larger chunks are still compartmentalized. They're just yeah. larger compartmentalizations, right? Yeah. But, the, right. but the more you seek relationship, the more context you're going to gain. And so the more those, those compartments will again fall and you'll, understand and have more context for larger compartments. So it is like, I don't know, maybe enlightenment is a thing. Who knows? But <laughs> I think it is. I absolutely think enlightenment is a thing. Um, we History says that it is, but it's these periods in, in our evolution where the walls come down mm-hmm. and we get to understand bigger pieces of ourselves or know ourselves in more expansive ways, which is mm-hmm. God's design, you know? I loved what you said, Bo, about... Um, bringing the things that are unshareable to God so that they can become shareable. And that's, that's been my personal experience with God is God is the alchemist and teaches you to also mm-hmm. become an alchemist. Mm-hmm. This is it. That mm-hmm. whole thing too is what we didn't say it in such refined ways two years ago. Right. Oh, and I were having conversations around the difference between truth and the, and honesty. And mm-hmm. we had an interaction and I was like, okay, you're telling me what you honestly think and what you honestly feel and you think that that's valuable. However, it's it, not the truth. It basically just set a bomb off in the space, like an energetic bomb. And mm-hmm. yeah, I said the truth and honesty are not the same thing. And that was a moment for us in our relationship where we started to really differentiate. It wasn't that we squashed honesty, but we just started being like, okay, I'm going to honestly say something, but then I'm also going to follow it with what I know is true. Because I can honestly feel a million different things, Mm -hmm. but the truth doesn't change. You know, the truth is still love Mm -hmm. (laughs) at the end of the day. It's still wholeness at the end of the day. It's still unification. It's still cohesiveness. It's not trying to disintegrate, collapse, do any of that stuff. So we've had to walk a journey with that. And so it's interesting to come here now and be able to share it from this very, um, tangible place from a physics standpoint and be like, well, they're shareable and non-shareable and there's destructive and non-destructive um, frequency. And yeah, <laughs> whenever somebody is pissed and they're like, you know what? Honestly, that's a, that's the moment to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Hold up. Okay. Maybe that honesty isn't exactly for me right now. <laughs> maybe it's just for you to know what you honestly feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's a time and a place where it's like, I totally want to know how you honestly feel. 
-hmm. Like whatever it is, good, bad, the ugly, it's valuable, but not quite as helpful as, you know, you just got to get it out sometimes. Mm -hmm. We have, we made the, the guideline, almost like part of the law of our interaction of like, you never just leave the honesty hanging in the space. Mm -mm. You always have to, you know, be as honest as you, as you, as you can be, be as honest as you want, um, where it's invited, especially, uh, but you never just leave the honesty as the final word. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. why Jody was like, this is how I honestly feel. And that comes up a lot with like fears and stuff. Yeah. Like, cause you know, if I express a fear to you, you may feel afraid <laughs> because I just said that, especially if it's something that we're working through. And so it's like, you know, I'm, I'm feeling honestly, this is a feeling that I'm having and I feel like I'm struggling with it. Uh, and that may totally like set you off. Mm-hmm. That's just like, now you're spiraling, tumbling because I am not as anchored as you may have thought or whatever, you know, honestly, I'm feeling like shit. And so, We've learned to be like, even if we don't fully uh, hold it in our vessel in the Mm -hmm. moment, Mm -hmm. because the honesty can make us numb to the truth. Yes. You know, like what we're feeling honestly can make us totally numb to the truth. But that's why it's important whenever you have an experience with truth to write it down. (laughs) Because whenever you're honestly feeling like shit, you can go back and figure out, Mm -hmm. okay, what is the truth? What have I written down here? What did we agree on when we were in the truth? So that now, honestly, I feel like this, I'm afraid of this, this hurts me, or whatever it is, I'm angry, I'm upset, and I know that it's going to be taken care of, or I know that it's coming into solution right now, or I'm really angry about what you did, and I love you, and I'm really... Yeah. grateful for you and happy that you're here. And <laughs> honestly, I'm just pissed right now. I, had, I did this the other day. I mean, whenever I found out that that person hurt my friend at the beach, I was mm. like, honestly, some better, but somebody better hold my fucking hoop because I'm about to bust some ass in here. And then I had to sit and I was like, wait, this isn't the truth. The truth is I'm pissed right now because I want to defend my friend who couldn't defend herself. Right. Mm. And and I understand that this person is hurting so much. Otherwise, they wouldn't lash out at somebody like that. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I got to see the truth. And I also got to sit in my shit for a minute and be like, yeah. Auntie Didi is coming out to play. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, this happens with between us a lot. I do like that you said about like, and that is how we feel about that. You have to take what's unshareable to God. Hey, Danica, you yeah. acknowledging, you know, God as the great alchemist, that. because that is the truth. And when it gets alchemized and it clears, all you're left with is the truth. And, you know, again, these are things that can be mishandled and people can be like, and that's why we can love those that hurt us. And we can mm-hmm. love this. It's like, right. no, that's not what we're saying. Yeah. We're but saying that God does the healing. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're saying that God does the healing. God's the only one that can do it. It's like when we force ourselves into manufactured forgiveness or um, tolerant behavior over things that are not tolerable, um, we are literally circumventing the healing power of God. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Taking on the role of God to try to force something that only God can resolve. Yeah, that our mind is like, this is what being like Christ is. Yeah, no. Let's be like Christ. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like how people will 
say that 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 was not very christ-like of you so uh hyper tolerant of no he he flipped the tables he flipped the tables my boy (laughs) my boy jesus would throw hands bro That boy was ready. Well, he was a rebel rouser. That's the thing is like, yeah, he was. But this whole situation with my friend, I was like, you know, I used to have anger issues. And sometimes they do come up. Sometimes they still be coming up. Because being yeah. humic, being humic, being human, <laughs> being human is well, is a dynamic experience. It's dynamic. Yeah. And healing is a spiral. And sometimes we spiral back around to things that we thought we worked through. That way we can take it a layer deeper, right? Yep. And yep. I had the honor (laughs) of spiraling back around to that and feeling my body get hot and Mm -hmm. start to feel like I wanted to get violent, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow. But I sat with it and I was like, this feels old, first of all. (laughs) And it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good in my body. So I actually had to sit with it and sit with it with God and Mm -hmm. ask God, where, why do I feel this way? And first of all, yes, it's like my friend didn't defend herself. This girl got physical with her, you know, and, and it's like, totally unjust. Yeah. I want to defend my friend who can't defend herself. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and my friend called law enforcement, she's pressing charges, whatever. It's handled. handled. You know what I mean? It's handled. Right. But that part of me that used to be a fighter, what? I wanted, I wanted to throw hands. I wanted you to, wanted to share, I wanted to share, a, <laughs> share a knuckle sandwich. <laughs> I would take her out to eat, serving up knuckle sandwiches. <laughs> knuckle sandwich. Uh, <laughs> no, but it wasn't, it wasn't shareable. And it didn't feel shareable in me at the time either. It actually, it actually ruined my entire day. If I'm, yeah. being, if I'm being honest. Or <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, my whole day was. I was exhausted. I was exhausted after it. Yeah. Because yeah. it because it that feeling coming up and me sitting in it for as long as I did actually did create discord inside of me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But but I did get the opportunity to go deeper into it and unpack some things that were still, you know, in there that were very old. So I mean, I guess it's it's a good teacher. Yeah. This is the value of um, doing the work of relationship in terms of coming back into union with God, which means union with ourself, which means understanding ourselves at deeper layers and deeper levels. And it validates all the work around what true embodiment actually is, because until you start to do that work and you open yourself up to sensing again and understanding what it feels like to be present and be in control of yourself, mm-hmm. um, from a conscious place, right. um, you will have those feelings happening in you and you will enjoy them because it's the chemical, um, cocktail that your body needs to perpetuate the thing that it's familiar with. But as you heal that it's like Danica, you're like, and I got back into something that was old. And so your body's yeah. like, Oh wait, this is, we haven't been drinking this cocktail in a long time. And it time. didn't feel good. Whereas yeah. back, back in my early twenties, it felt good to be pissed off all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your body lived off of that cocktail. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, we know this, this tastes so good. We like this, you know, but mm-hmm. now you're bringing harmony. You're bringing true resonance and cohesiveness into your space on purpose more and more every mm-hmm. day. 
when that comes up, it does make you feel exhausted. It makes you feel like you're in freaking quicksand. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you just can't, nothing works right, you know? And it's just that immediate recognition of the chaos Mm -hmm. in the space. So this is bringing up another thing for me. So yesterday I had, um, I had a job interview with a woman who owns a local yoga studio. Um, yeah. So yeah. I have been feeling like I wanted to get back into AKA the workforce. <laughs> um, I don't even know why I said AKA. I meant to say air quotes. <laughs> air quotes, the workforce. And um, so I had a, I had like a meeting with her. It was kind of like a, a very loose job interview. We just kind of you know, I went to her yoga class and got to participate in her, her yoga class, which was really wonderful because she used to come to my yoga classes. Mm. And um, the studio that she owns was the first studio that I ever worked at. She she rented and renovated the space and turned it into a very beautiful yoga studio. I can really nice. tell that a lot of love and intention has gone into the space. And afterwards, we walked across the street and got some juice and we sat and we talked about what's going on and all this kind of stuff. And it's so interesting because yesterday morning, right before I went to her yoga class, someone I had my Facebook has been deactivated for a very long time but I reactivated it and um someone went through my profile pictures and I had a a profile picture from 2020 that had like a ring around it that said I don't care if you've had your vaccine because everyone was putting the rings around their profile pictures that was like I got vaccinated and Mm. so mine was like (laughs) I don't don't care if you had your vaccine well this this woman she dug it up (laughs) she went through and was liking all of these comments and um I saw one of the comments that she liked and you know how it shows you the first few words of the comment? Well, it was in all caps. And I was like, oh man, I must've been pissed when I wrote this. So I went and looked at it and I was responding to the woman I was going to have an interview with. And I was like, I would have never even remembered this. And she had said something basically, you know, promoting vaccines. And I was like, I would appreciate it if you didn't come onto my page and promote uh, medical services and medications to people when you haven't actually read their medical histories. Thanks. (laughs) so I was like oh no I and so I sat with it and I was like first of all I deleted the whole thread I deleted the thread because I was like this was probably not the way I should have responded right but 2020 (laughs) was a weird year for everybody I I would say it was well played (laughs) (laughs) well I mean I definitely couldn't understand where I was coming from but I probably could have said it better Mm -hmm. right I probably could have said it better And so I sat with it over breakfast before I went to her class and I had resolved that I was like, well, I deleted, I probably shouldn't even say anything. But as we were talking out, it just was a conviction of my heart that it was like, don't miss this opportunity to bring this out to the open. So I said, Lisa, I have to tell you this. I have to tell you this thing. I was like, I was, you know, this morning, this whole thing happened where someone liked this old comment and I was responding to you and I told her what it said. She was like, oh, I don't remember it. And I was like, well, it wasn't worth remembering, but I can't miss the opportunity to tell you that I'm sorry for responding in that way because it wasn't the way that that I should have conveyed what I was trying to say. I could have mm-hmm. said it differently. And she she went on to tell me this whole story about how she um, had a, she went to Italy or something like that, and she was trying to rent her car, and all, everything was in German, so she like had misread the instructions and all this kind of stuff, and she ended up like 
<laughs> she ended up cussing at the guy and then had to apologize to him because she was just like overwhelmed. And she was like, we're multi, she, she's, she was like, we're multidimensional, you know, and we're not static all the time. And I think that this, I can't remember exactly where I was going with this whole story <laughs> whenever I started it and how it pertains to this conversation. But my whole point in saying this is that we are multidimensional beings. And I guess where I was going with, with this is when people start talking about healing or they start talking about embodiment or they start talking about these different things that are supposed to be fixing us, I think people get it in their heads that we're no longer going to be dynamic and we're just going to be static beings that mm -hmm. live in eternal peace all the time or something like mm -hmm. that, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just not so. It's just not so. So when I'm sitting here talking about the, the work that we do and our healing journeys and the fact that I can offer embodiment guidance to people and still talk about getting angry or feeling like I have to sit with myself and God because I'm starting to feel violent again. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, of course, like, thankfully, obviously, I'm not going to go out and kick anybody's ass. Right. But mm -hmm. it's like those feelings happen and we cannot ignore them. We can't ignore them or they're going to make us sick. We have to bring them to God and let God alchemize them, just like you're talking about, Bo. But when we're doing all of this stuff to heal and become whole, it doesn't mean that we're not going to be dynamic. It doesn't mean that we're not going to experience these things and have these feelings because we are, like you say all the time, Jody, sitting in this realm of polarity where we experience the push and pull in and out of our body and all over the place all the time. And the whole goal is to just always come back to God and sit with God. Well, it. and I think what you're saying is valuable because of the fact that we think we know who the hell we are without our relationship with God. And I remember, um, this was 2019. I was doing personal coaching, um, with someone and they came to one of our sessions. And the first thing they shared with me was that they were wanting to, um, rid themselves of their alcohol addiction, which I didn't even know they had. And I listened to them share and it was because of what we were working through. What we were working through had nothing to do with alcohol. It was all about relationship with God and um, breaking down all the pieces and parts of us that want to be resistant to that, you know, and understanding it better, understanding God and healing our relationship with the word God, like all of it, you know. And this person said to me, I'm afraid. I'm afraid to have this relationship because I'm afraid it's going to make me boring. And I laughed. Wait, the relationship with God? Yeah. That's, that's what I said at the beginning. Yes, that's yep. what, like that's what this that. person said to me. Okay, exactly. Okay. I am afraid to do this because I'm afraid it's going to make me dull and boring. Alcohol makes me fun. And I laughed and I said, let me tell you something. You don't even know who you are. Alcohol has covered up the truth of you and has projected a false identity into the world mm. that mm -hmm. you think is fun okay. you and everyone else loathes that person. So what you think is fun is the most drab and the most boring mm -hmm. compared to what you really are in God. Mm -hmm. And until you know God, you can never know yourself for real. Not what you like, right. not what you hate, not what you love, not what you, you know, are repulsed by mm -hmm. your, your food will change. You know and what I mean? And certainly <laughs> using a coping mechanism like alcohol to simulate vitality 
you know, versus, right. versus living the true vitality that comes through being connected to God. Right. And so it was so interesting to have that conversation and then to have this conversation now where it's like, if I come into relationship with God, it's going to mean X, Y, Z. And it's like, you know, the silliness of people is to think you actually even know yourself outside mm-hmm. of God. You don't, well, you, well, you have all the things that you're talking about, Danica, the polarity, the this, yeah. the that. The, you well, know. and it's like, you won't even know, you don't, no one can even pigeonhole or put into a box what it looks like to even have relationship with God, especially if you've never even done it before. And the deeper you go, the more it unfolds. And it's like, it's more than you could ever even think. And it looks different for every person. And it so looks really different the only in thing the way it's expressed. Say, Absolutely. The only thing that we can say is that relationship with God will bring about clarity and wholeness and what, and, and whatever that can look like for the individual. Right. Yeah. It's, it's so dynamic. The relationship with God is the most dynamic thing that you could ever let yourself be um, a participant in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like everything else is dull and boring. It's literally like so drab. You either have this extreme or that extreme. Those are your options. Mm-hmm. Outside of God, that's your option. You know, it's like it's this or that, high, low, up, down, in, out. You know, there's nothing else. And so, yeah, it's, it is such a... I don't know. The journey that we've been on, Bo and I, since we've been together and before we were together, it was incredible. It was like, for me, the things that I was going through, the things that were literally dissolving in my space, things that I had held onto for so long that I thought were the thing. Mm -hmm. And they were just slowly being disintegrated, slowly falling away until the point that I could come to a space and go, oh, I remember I did this thing or I participated in that. I was the girl that I have no you know, qualms with sharing this. I was the girl, we're talking 2015, 2014. I would read a book. It would have all this wonderful information in it. I would practice what the book said. And then I'd be the teacher of that thing to everybody in my space. And I remember somebody making a comment to me that's close to me. They were like, um, they like literally said to me like, oh, you must, you just read the book. And so now you're teaching about it. And I was like, pissed, you know, whenever they said that to me, like, how dare you? You haven't even read the book. (laughs) How dare you? I'm trying to help you, you know? (laughs) And of course I had to grow through all of that. I had to grow through all of that stuff. And I remember 2019 was the time where I... I really did have this like deep experience with God. And it was like, get rid of all your books, get rid of everything that you keep reading, thinking it's your Holy Bible, get rid of this stuff. You don't need this. You just need relationship. And I was terrified to do it, but I did. And then after 2019 and 2020, I sat silent for an entire year. I didn't do any coaching work. Um, like I had done, I didn't do anything, knew I didn't try to create anything. And I just stayed in a space with God. And I was like, you'll be my teacher and I will listen. And I'll let whatever is wanting to come out of me, come out of me. And that's why I'm saying relationship with God is so incredibly dynamic and so fulfilling because I didn't have to go read a book somewhere about someone else's practice or someone else's. I did the, the, um, emotion code, which is like the magnets on the body. And it like takes, uh, stored trauma in the body and releases it through magnetic work. And I mean, they have research that shows this your face. I know it's hilarious. Um, it made me think of cupping and I'm like laughing about <laughs> no, cupping. No, it's hilarious. Yeah. It, 
I mean, people have done it and it's worked for them. And so I was like, give me the biggest magnet I can find. I'm going to rub all over my whole body. We're about to obliterate every bit of trauma that I've ever held in my whole life. Um, and then I was telling people about it and teaching people like, you got to do this, you know, get this book. Yeah. You need to do this thing. It was just, you know, that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so it felt so good. Mm-hmm. It was it was difficult to be quiet I yeah. know, from, just because of who I am, but it felt good to be in a relationship with God in a way that was like, I just started letting God do the work in me, whatever mm-hmm. that was. And it was a lot. Well, mm-hmm. the, the teachings still came and that's the mm-hmm. beautiful thing. I feel like, Oh, drop my phone. That was, that was the beautiful thing for me whenever we got together. And even before we got together was that, you know, I was interacting with you around the time, maybe even a little bit after the time you received that instruction mm-hmm. to be still. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and whether you tried to or not, it taught me to do the same. And we practiced that together. And the most profound finding of that experiment <laughs> was that the information still came. Mm-hmm. The, the knowledge that we felt like we gained from the countless words on a page or words through the headphones, you know, podcasts are big now. We're, we're on one right now. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, the information still came. The knowing still came. The direction and the guidance and the intuition and the consciousness still evolved. Mm-hmm. Well, because it's one thing to be activated, which I was constantly being activated by things that I read and, you know, classes I took or whatever. And that's, that's one level of activation, right? Which can inspire us to all kinds of things. It inspired me to do many things that I did. Um, But the activation that came from the stillness and being in that space with God for real and just being in that space. And that was scary as you know what, because it was just like, (laughs) I don't know what's coming after. I don't know what this is going to create. If it's going to create anything. Will there even be anything there? I might have to work at the grocery store. I don't know, you know, but it was just like, I'm going to be still. And it was scary. And we had a lot of that conversation about how we honestly felt scared in that moment of like, Mm -hmm. what is God doing right now? Because we were going through some internal transformation, but we just didn't know what would come of it. And the activation out of that, just it, felt so light and it felt so true. It felt true. And it was just like so enjoyable, you know? Um, Well, that was me this whole last year was sitting still and just really kind of letting God show me exactly how everything was meant to unfold without much of my own personal input, you know? And it was like me really following the directives of what was, what was being, opened up before me. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> just to go back to what you were talking about, Jody, or like, you know, how you were fixated on that one thing. What, what was it? Emotion code? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Magnets. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of many things. I have yeah. a list of books. I well, I think that that's common that people do that because I had done the same thing with that, with the type of yoga that I was teaching. Like I had found, it was mm. right, it was right after I had my vocal injury. Um, and I was already, I was already teaching yoga at that point, but I had started to kind of like slowly disentangle myself from the music industry. And I thought that was my entire identity. I didn't have anything outside of that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I was, I was going to be a star. <laughs> you a know? star. 
And um, I started to disentangle myself from the music industry. And, and I was on eight months of vocal rest anyway. So I couldn't, I wasn't like, first of all, that was, that was really hard. That was really Mm -hmm. hard. It was very traumatic. And I felt like everything had been like taken from me, but again, something that forced me to pause and allow things to unfold without me trying to manipulate it. Right. And so I found this particular lineage of yoga and, um, I went to a certification to, I had never even done it. I had never even done it. I saw it online <laughs> and I bought a certification and I went at, and I, and I got certified in it. And I'm surprised I, I showed up and the trainer was like, who's, who has never even seen this or done this before? And you're here. And I was like the only one that raised my hand. She was like, wow, that's bold. Um, <laughs> so I passed the certification and I was obsessed with it and I brought it back and pioneered it here in this area and it started, I just started like pushing it. I was like, so obsessed, so obsessed, so obsessed, worked my way up to become a master trainer for headquarters in this particular um, Mm -hmm. thing. And then, and then January, February, February of 2020 is when I gave my resignation and then went right into quantum healing. Mm. You know what I mean? And so then everything that happened last September has, uh, it caused me to really pause and be still and see how things started to naturally unfold. And I'm grateful for the things that I went through. I'm grateful for that experience. I'm grateful for the experience with, with quantum healing and everything that happened there as well, because it gave me uh, a lot of experience. It gave me, it, wide, it widened my lens, a lens of context. And then through this whole period of this past year of kind of watching and seeing like, how are these things that I know about or that I'm good at, or that I enjoy doing, or that I'm passionate about, or that I feel that my purpose, that I I have a purpose in, how do they go together? What, what does it even look like? Like, how is this going to unfold naturally for me without me putting my hands in it and trying to manipulate the things? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So just like you're talking about, I was sitting still with God, letting God show me and open up pathways for me, for me to dip my toe in the water and very slowly start to build something that is finally feeling like it's like organic, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. like it feels, and and I, I know we use that word a lot, but that's the only word that came to my mind. It feels like it has bloomed naturally that God is finally like, okay, so now you've taken your hands off the thing. Let me show you what I have for you mm-hmm. without you trying to manipulate it, right? Right, right. Here is this seed. And I've sat here for this year and cultivated the seed and it's starting to grow. And I can see all the pieces and parts of the flower that's blooming. And I am, I've never been more excited. Whatever I'm supposed to be doing, I, I trust that God's going to take care of me. Well, yeah. Yeah. So that's the whole, mm-hmm. that's the whole valuable point of coming into that relationship and learning to trust ourselves again, which also opens us up to trusting God again. Coming, well, we're coming back around. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know around. this conversation went a bunch of different directions and I'm happy about everything that came out. So there are countless, countless ways to, support the podcast. If you enjoy the content, uh, we appreciate all of you for listening. And we're so happy to be here. So happy to be having these conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, So just thank you all and 
We'll talk next time.